Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. Hello. Hello. Um, this episode is a little rough, and I feel like we should just get right into it. <laughs> yeah, it's an emotional one. For sure. For sure. We're, driving, we're dealing with the, the fallout of what happened in the alien city and the temple, Trip's death, Sky's all fucked up, everybody's mourning, and it's just, it's a lot. Um, before we get started, uh, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community, so be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and uh, their website, butwhythopodcast.com. And thank you so much to them for sending us to WonderCon. We got to go to the Shield panel. Um, I know many episodes will come out before this, <laughs> like right after that, because since we record these ahead of time. Um but yeah, thank you so much to our community uh, for allowing us to experience that because that was that was fantastic. So uh, by the time you listen to this, you will have already heard that episode on that panel and hopefully you enjoyed it. All righty. This is season two, episode 11, titled Aftershocks, written by Marissa Tantron and Jed Whedon and directed by Billy Gearhart. Originally aired March 3rd, 2015. And in this episode recap, we are reminded that Coulson has has Bakshi still because I think a lot of stuff happened between that episode and this one that kind of made us forget. So we're just being reminded that Bakshi is still within S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. All right. So the scene opens up in this empty room. It's 1983. Um, This boy is appearing and disappearing. He's like teleporting throughout the room in this like blue haze and he's very clearly distressed. And so... A woman and a man walk in, and one of them um, is introduced as Jaying, and we know her as Sky's mother and Cal's wife, um, who has yet to be killed. And um, it's mentioned that she ages very slowly, but she still says, like, you know, even though that's true, I still will die someday. And they talk about the mists and the and terogenesis, which I don't think we've heard yet on the show. I, I think this is the first time we've heard that 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 term, terogenesis. I believe you're right. It is tied uh, to the Inhumans, like yeah. inexorably. It's like it's a hugely important term for them. So it's a yeah, big it's not- big step forward. Yeah, and it's not the last time we'll hear about it for sure. <laughs> um, and so um, Jiaying goes up to this boy, and she's like, "It's okay. Like I'll show you the way." And she comforts him because um, apparently change is very distressing and very traumatizing and um the scene changes to sky in quarantine at the playground and she's dreaming about trip's death and um she wakes up and colson is watching her sleep and he's like how are you doing you know the obelisk triggered a really massive earthquake and everyone is just shaken up and just trying to keep busy and so they they go to all these different scenes you know may is training mac is working on cars with fits hunter is drinking and bobby is like going through trip stuff and remembering him it's kind of like how everyone's dealing with this and colson talks about how even with a job like this where it's life and death every day you never get used to losing one of your own and it's okay to go through this grief process and it's normal um 
and apparently Simmons is not at the base. She's back at the alien city leading an alien, uh, leading an alien team, leading a team to look at the alien city. <laughs> the team is not alien. They're human. Um, and <laughs> they're checking out anything that they could find that, you know, would be useful or interesting. Um, and Sky is really distraught. She blames herself for everything. And she's like, we failed. Like, what that was not supposed to happen and colson's like i know and we will get back at everyone <laughs> and, and and make hydra pay for what happened to trip and he is out for blood we've seen him a couple times like this before but i feel like this was a very intense version of that like he feels that pain that sky feels very heavily and since he's you know the leader of this team like the i, I feel like he's taking this loss personally in some way Agreed. He's he's just seems more. I feel like it's it's the compounding of everything, and then losing trip. Mm -hmm. But he he definitely feels like he's in more in high gear than usual. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we go to this Hydra meeting where, uh, or I'm assuming, are all the heads of Hydra minus von Strucker, because <laughs> um, it's mentioned that von Strucker is in Europe and he wanted Bakshi to take Whitehall's place. Because if you didn't remember. Uh, Whitehall was killed by Coulson and Cal was very upset by it. Um, and they start talking about whoever eliminates S.H.I.E.L.D. can take Whitehall's place. So now there's this kind of competition going on with, um, you know, trying to get rid of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is not good for us. Um, back at the playground, um, Bobby comes to see Skye in quarantine and she brings her a little care package, which is very sweet. She's like, look, I've been in quarantine before. I know it sucks. Um, here's some magazines and some soda and some snacks and, you know, music and, you know, I'm here for you if you need anything. And Sky's feeling super low and she's like, she's still blaming herself. She feels like she's responsible for Trip's death. And she's like, look, you're amazing. Like we you're somehow unscathed. Like you took out like all these people and you you shot Ward and you are still alive. Like I think you're a rock star. And I I just loved this moment so much because I like welled up because it's so meaningful to see female relationships where women are like building up women and supporting other women. And I love that the show has so much of that. And like for Bobby, who is like an absolutely competent agent, like probably the most competent next to agent may on this team, if in the entire shield universe, <laughs> um, to say that about sky, I think that really means something probably to Sky, and I think that means something to us to show like, yeah, Sky is a very competent agent. And I mean, we know there's another element going on here why she survived, but it, that doesn't matter to Bobby. Like she is extremely impressed and proud of, of Sky, and I love that. So meanwhile, Fitz is trying to fix Fitz, oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> Fitz is trying to fix Sky's biometer, which is that thing that she wears on her wrist that tracks like her heart rate and all that stuff. Um, and Mac is feeling super shaken, and he's like, like you know that because he was essentially like possessed by the alien city, if you don't remember. And um, it's the scene is so beautiful because now Fitz, it's Fitz's turn to help Mac, and he, and and Mac goes, he says the, this thing like have you ever been trapped in your own body and like there's nothing you could do about it and like you were hurting your your loved ones and you couldn't stop yourself and Fitz is like yes I have <laughs> <laughs> like and Max like dude I'm sorry and Fitz is like no like I'm uh, oh, this moment is just so sweet and 
it's really nice to see the change in the relationship and how like they they have a friendship. It's not just Mac trying to fix Fitz. Well, I think that we've you know we even talked about that in the past that like that's what role he ended up serving, but that was never how he treated him. He always treated him as a human, and like yeah. this is the this is the chance to make uh, I think. Um, make good on that promise of that, the way they portrayed that relationship, like and by having it actually be a two way street. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the team has decided to go after Hydra. Well, actually Colson has decided to go after Hydra because they're vulnerable, vulnerable right now. Um, you know, Whitehall's gone. They're in disarray. Like they, and they, he has this plan to use Bakshi and Mac is pissed. He's like, I'm not down for this. Like, this is not a good idea. Like, we wouldn't even be in this situation if you and Sky hadn't been all about this, like, weird alien shit and hadn't been so obsessed with it. And everyone starts fighting and, like, going after each other. And this is happening next to um, Sky's quarantine room. And she's like, guys, guys. And she's getting stressed out by all the fighting. And her vitals start going nuts. And the soda can in her room starts shaking. And they all stop, like Coulson ends the argument and everyone calms down and the, and the soda can stops. But it's like, mm, girl did not come out on scathes, perhaps. <laughs> Something's going on, which we know. Um, so um, we go to this SUV where May and Coulson are transporting Bakshi to Talbot. And they're having the, the, the scene upon first rewatch was a little weird and then it makes more sense later. But they're talking about how it's really dangerous to like have Bakshi you know, like people might be after him and like, I don't know. It's just like a weird conversation for them to have in front of their, um, their, I don't know what to call him prisoner. <laughs> and suddenly they get hit by a truck and, um, they get out. Bakshi's still in the, in the SUV and, um, they manage to take all these people out and May is like, oh, there's four guys left. And she's like, you know what that means? And Colson's like, no, I don't. <laughs> and she like flips over the car and takes these four guys out by herself. And she's like, that's what this means. Well, that she's badass, basically. <laughs> and then suddenly May gets shot down by this remaining man that walks in. And Colson's like, no, you'll never take us alive. And he gets shot. And you're like, what is happening? And then the guy in the Hydra, he's like in this Hydra tactical tactical gear. He's like, okay, let's go. The car's still running. And he's like, gets Bakshi to come with him. Um, And the guy in the remaining uniform is Hunter pretending to be the Hydra agent. So, And I can't remember now, but there were a couple of things he said that sounded like fake american <laughs> oh my god yes he has this right? terrible american accent and you're just like oh no <laughs> and he so he takes off with bakshi he doesn't um, say howdy but he practically says yes hi <laughs> <"Hey>, dude <laughs> like yeah. get in the suv <laughs> chill out man <laughs> something like that but yeah um and it's funny because then may and colson like sit up and may mentions how over dramatic colson when she's like really you'll never take us alive yeah, so May and Coulson sit up, and obviously we know that they're fine, but May mentions to Coulson how overdramatic he was. She's like, you'll never take us alive, really? And Coulson's like, what, I had a day to write the script? He's like, and if I let you write it, no one would say anything, which is an ongoing joke. <laughs> May's silence. Um, Bakshi, in the meantime, makes contact with his Hydra superiors, and Hunter pulls a gun on him, and he pretends that he was paid to take him out. And so he's like dude, there's like more than one person paying me. Like you are, I'm supposed to take you out after you make contact. And Bakshi pleads with him and he's like, look, let's make a deal. I'll give you money. I'll protect you. And he's like, all right, all right, let's do this. Um, so we don't know the details of this plan, but this plan is obviously supposed to go like this. It's slowly coming together. Um, 
back at the playground, Gemma is back and she is blaming herself for being curious about all this alien shit. She's talking to Sky while Sky's in quarantine and she's like, look, I never should have opened, you know, Pandora's box. This is dangerous. Like, I, you know, I we found some DNA uh, from Reyna at the alien city and her DNA is completely changed and we... We don't know what this is. Like, this could be contagious. We, this needs to be eradicated. And she goes off about how all the powered people they've come into contact with only bring death. And Sky very clearly knows that something's going on with herself, is very uncomfortable by this conversation because Gemma is, is being very unforgiving about the changes that have happened within Reyna and Sky's like kind of in the same boat, even though she doesn't know that. So they take a blood sample and, and Gemma's like, look, we're going to clear you. It'll be fine. You're fine. You know, nothing weird has happened to you. It'll all be great. And Sky's like, mm, I don't know about that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, it was rough. Oh, I don't like this side of Gemma. Um, so we go to a shipyard and Cal is hiding out. Cal is Sky's dad. Uh, if you've forgotten. <laughs> I feel like it's been a long time since we've recorded, so I'm like doing this to re- to remind myself as a listener. Well, and to be fair, like- <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I was gonna say for a second. Well, we do have we have so many special episodes. That by the time this one actually comes out, there could be a different one other than the the, the Comic Con one. Yeah. But I was gonna say well, there was that Comic Con one, but no, that wouldn't be right before this. So no. whatever, whatever. Sorry if I keep mentioning this things is, that we you just know. Two part. <laughs> yeah. We're coming off the heels of our two parter. Yeah. Um. So anyway, Raina finds him, and and Raina is um, all covered in thorns and she's like pissed about her transformation and it's like kind of like her true self has come through she's like very violent and strong and um her and cal are talking and she's like i didn't this isn't what i wanted and he's like are you kidding this is exactly what you wanted like sorry it didn't come in the form that you thought you deserved but this is everybody gets what they get and cal talks about how he wants to ruin colson how colson has like taken everything from him and he essentially leaves reyna and he's like you're on your own kid sorry like we you know we helped each other while we could and you got what you wanted i got what i wanted now i'm off on my own and she's like you can't you can't leave me like this. Like it's painful. Like I cut myself when I move. These thorns hurt. I can't live like this. And Cal says, then don't. Which, oh my God. Just when I was starting to have some sympathy for this character, like, nope, not anymore. He's awful. <laughs> he's interesting, but he's awful. He's just so demented. Yeah. He's just very fixated. He has like a goal in mind and that's all he cares about and everything else. Like like he left Sky and Ward tied up in that room so he could go kill Whitehall. And he's just like, bye guys. Like this is in the same way. It's like someone that has helped him through so much and has been a part of his life for so long. He's like, okay, you're no longer a part of my plan. So I'm just going to leave you behind and bye. Don't care what happens to you. Go kill yourself. Ugh. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back with Hunter, uh, Hydra Hunter, American Hydra Hunter, and Bakshi, um, he drops Bakshi off um, at this compound of the, that's owned by one of the leaders. And um, he's like, all right, go inside. Or I'm going to, Bakshi's like, I'm going to go inside. You wait here. And then I'll tell you when to come in. And um, so they go. Bobby, meanwhile, rode her motorcycle over there. Was she wearing a helmet? I don't think she was wearing a helmet. Ooh. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she wasn't. I think she drove out of the truck. Yeah, that's, uh, that's to revisit. Uh, a slight <laughs> aside, uh, going back several episodes when we talked about how we saw the Nosferatu uh, uh, pilot uh, when we went to the Shield panel. 
<laughs> I don't think it's too big a spoiler to say that they do have a character that rides a dirt bike and she always wears her helmet. Her dad rides a motorcycle, always wears his helmet. Yes. Like, hey, they have supernatural crap too, you know? <laughs> and and like, like, they actually have supernatural crap going yeah. on all the time. Where's May's excuse? You know, it's a, like, 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 I'm just saying, come on, guys. So remember to wear helmets. And, and both of us thought about it too. Like, yeah. So we become so weirdly like prone to it. I don't know if it's because of my dad and, and I had a roommate who had an awful motorcycle accident between two people I've either who are close to me or have been. And, you know, you knowing Billy, I feel like maybe that's where it comes from. But <laughs> yeah, we, we, it's definitely a hot button, a hot button issue for us. We, uh, yeah. we tend to really g- grab onto when people don't wear helmets. So remember to wear your helmets, safety. fictional characters. <laughs> Motorcycle safety always. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, uh, Sky is the only one who's worn a helmet while she's been wearing a motorcycle on the show. Um, it's very disappointing. Anyway. Which, as we're discovering in this episode, she has powers. The only yeah. one who's being <laughs> safe is the one who has powers. Weird. I, I, I know. Um, so, uh, where was I? Oh, and so so Bobby gets into the SUV with Hunter, and he's still using the American accent. And she's like, drop the accent. It makes you sound like a douchebag. And he, Hunter's response is, now you know what it's like for me to live in this country. That was pretty good. <laughs> it was really good. I was laughing out loud at that. Um, and so... Hunter is like, look, I know you and Mac have a secret. What is it? And Bobby says that they're in a support group together. And Hunter seems to buy it. But we don't as an audience. I feel like this is like a a fake out for sure. Well, I mean, it is a fake out, but. <laughs> right. It's, ob- it's I feel like it's a somewhat obvious fake out. Yeah. But Hunter seems like he buys it. But I mean, he's done that in the past. So maybe he doesn't really buy it. Yeah. He's smarter <laughs> than everyone gives him credit for. I think even us as viewers, even knowing stuff and having seen it, like his character, he's not dumb, but he's just not. I don't want to say he's not a critical thinker, but he's he he's like more of a military dude than like an espionage dude or a science guy. You know, it's yeah. like he he follows orders when he wants to. Yeah, and he and I think that that that's why we don't think of him as a critical thinker. But he's not a dumb dude. Like he and he is capable of yeah. fooling even these even these really smart guys because he is good at what he does. Yeah, absolutely. He's a mercenary. Like there's an element of talent in deception that goes along with that. I feel like even though he's not a spy, like depending on the jobs that he takes, like he needs he, he needs a certain skill set. So at yeah. least a level of BS, if not yeah. if not like deception, it's not like outright deception or like, you know, you know, taking on a different persona, like like he has to be at least good at bullshitting. Yeah, for sure. Um, so back at the playground, Mac is apologizing to Colson for his outburst. Um, and Colson's like, no, don't worry about it. Like we're, we're all going through shit right now. It's fine. And, um, Simmons comes up again and she's suggesting eradication again. And everyone's like, really agent Simmons? Cause I guess they're going after Raina. They're sending a team to go after Raina. And she's she's like, basically treating them like rabid animals. Yeah. Like, and Simmons suggests that it wouldn't be a bad thing to take Raina out if they can't take her in. And of course, Skye is still in quarantine listening to all of this, which is like, oh, my God. Um, and meanwhile, Raina is preparing to walk out into traffic. So she is taking Cal's advice seriously, which is so sad and so awful. I... I have so much sympathy for this character, even though I know she's not like the best person. Um, but God. But she's been misled too, you yeah. know? And now she's gotten what she w- always wanted and it's not turned out the way she thought at all. And everyone who had any 
closeness to her that we've seen, you know, is rejecting her outright. Yeah. Like, like she was just a means to an end for them. And, yeah. and she feels like nothing. She doesn't yeah. recognize herself. She's, she's getting a lot of the same vibes that, uh, you know, we're going to see sky getting this episode, but without anyone there to help. And yeah. without yeah. Uh, like, while while the stuff that Simmons is saying has got to be really hard and making it harder to process everything. Like at least everyone is there, like, showing them that they love her outwardly as well like that's yeah. not rain is getting none of that yeah and i think Raina's visual like physical transformation like makes her feel you know she was very like good looking woman and she used that like and i feel like this identity crisis for her is like part of like not know, knowing who she is and it's it has to do with like how do how do I exist in society when I look like this? And yeah, how do you go from being an attractive human that uses their attractiveness and is aware of it to someone who doesn't even appear or feel human? You yeah, know, like, like that's gotta be weird. That's there's a lot of layers there that we can discuss in upcoming episodes. I feel when we get more into Reyna, <laughs> for so. sure. She's she's a complex character, and and not in any small part, I think, due to the awesomeness uh, of uh, Ruth Nega, which who. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, who, like, yeah, I still, I, I just love her in everything. She's great. She's pretty much pretty much amazing. Yeah, she is, for sure. We're super lucky to have her in the S.H.I.E.L.D. family for for the time that we do. Um, so Fitz comes in to talk about, to talk to Skye about her biometric data, and he's like, look, your heart rate was 300 beats per minute, which, if you don't know what that means, a, a high heart rate is like 120. That's like, you know, getting up there exercising is like 180. That's a high 180, 190. That's the high end of an exercise, you know, someone that's like running. So 300 beats per minute is extremely high. And Fitz actually mentions, he's like, that's inhuman. Yeah. It's like, it's like <laughs> there's a good chance that you're, uh, heart's exploding yeah while that's happening right like, like, like yeah pretty insane you shouldn't be able to do that like that's not that's inhuman like he says which is a very um poignant term to use <laughs> and Fitz is freaking out he's like look you came out unharmed because maybe you caused the destruction and Sky's like no and she's like freaking out too and she's like the room starts shaking and she breaks one of the lights because she's so upset and Fitz just like walks out. He's just like, I, you know, like I need to. He's, over, he's overwhelmed. He's and overwhelmed. Yeah. And so is she. He's, and he's still processing his stuff. Like he's not himself yet. He's not in c control of his composure at any time. Like mm -hmm. he, he's still thrown by all sorts of stuff. He, he just stopped seeing people who weren't there. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> like this is a lot for him to process that he just delivered the news that oh you are now a different you're not a human being anymore yeah genetically or you know whatever. biometrically yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. you're just not the same and it might like and he's not trying to say it with judgment but the scariness of the reality of the shaking everything it's like this is a lot for anyone to process and fitz has already been through so much yeah like, this is a very loaded moment yeah he redeems himself though by the end of the episode. He, did, he so. does, and like in that moment though, you feel for both of them for yeah. sure because like you feel the you 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 get why he ran out, but you but it hurts. It's like yeah. you don't really. I've, I I can't give Gemma the same 
faith. I feel like in real life, I could sort of potentially see at least understanding. Like people had superpowers that are deadly, but that are like superhuman powers in comics and in movies and whatnot. You could shoot like solar rays from your chest accidentally and you're yeah. just a kid. It's like I can understand there being pragmatism where it's like, yes, human rights first, but these humans have microwave eyes. So let's figure <laughs> out what's going on. Yeah. But I could see why you'd have to prioritize that way. But because of the fiction, because it is a metaphor for uh, race for yeah. homosexuality for anti-semitism because of the way the x-men trained me i'm like no yeah. no no buddy you're a bigot yeah like, why are you being a bigot jim yeah. <laughs> you can't help what they're doing yeah and like, like that's basically and even that, this you know and even that yeah. like i do feel like to some extent that argument holds weight because every one of us is capable of murder and everyone is capable of us is physically capable of murder on a mass scale because of technology yeah and because of evolution of technology like Every little kid has the potential in their mind to come up with something that makes, you know, a million, you know, Hiroshima's look like nothing. Yeah. So it's like in rea in in reality, humans are do have that kind of potential danger. It's just not biologically innate. So yeah. let's let's I don't think it's that much of a stretch to say like we gotta give people the benefit of a doubt. And like that's why these stories I think are powerful because it does feel just like big like bigotry and like uh, prejudice. And so like it, it that contrast even with it you feeling how it hurts uh sky to, to see fitz run out like it's not the same as as how much it it stings to see her hear what what uh what what simmons is saying yeah yeah absolutely because i think fitz is responding to this in a way that's like scientific he's like this isn't possible like why are you still here like what what's going on and he's overwhelmed by what has happened to her i don't think he, i think he's afraid of her in a sense because he's like well, i don't know what's going on and so i think he needs more time to just figure out what's happening whereas Gemma has already made up her mind yeah, <laughs> she's casting judgment and like and making value judgments on species yeah and he's just trying to process it all and What's happening to his friend? <laughs> like, well, and I think he's trying to rework his understanding of like physics and nature and biology. He's trying to adapt to understand. Whereas, it's almost like because it doesn't fit into their scheme, that Gemma's just rejecting it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's Ooh. it's very interesting to think about it as like learning and meeting new people and whatnot, new kinds of people. Like it is like with it, those are like the two extreme ways you encounter a new culture or new new people. You know, you either accept them and learn about them and understand how they fit into your world and that your world has changed by having them be a part of it or you freak out and <laughs> like dig your heels in and say they're they're the other and only focuses on difference and potential dangers and you know pragmatic realities you know that are negative like not thinking about any of the good stuff like think of yeah. all the good things that people could do with powers and i don't know like like like, like it's a bummer to feel what uh, what Sky's feeling in these moments. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just finished reading. It's called "The Body Is Not an Apology: The Power of Radical Self Love" by Sonia Renee Taylor. And there's um, every first of all, it's about loving yourself, which is hard for us to do. Um, every person I feel <laughs> has has problems with that. But also, it just talks about like because she is a uh, overweight queer black woman that is writing this book and so she has a very specific experience and she talks about how 
is specifically in terms of race, like colorblindness and how it's an act of erasure and how you um, like ignoring people's differences gives you permission to equate those differences with danger or undesirability. And so ignoring differences like doesn't change society. Accepting differences like is what is what allows for change. And so I feel like there's a huge metaphor here for that where it's like the different layer, layers of of rejecting difference that's a really good point because like you know? everybody else is is the ignoring it level right now because mm-hmm. they don't want to see what's right in front of their faces because it's traumatizing to think yeah. like and it would be like this is not the same thing as like a family member or a friend coming out or <laughs> or meeting someone of a different race or from a different country yeah. this is like you you people have earthquake powers yeah, <laughs> yeah. like this is scary but the metaphor and, and, is still there the, yeah. oh the metaphor and the metaphor is actually i think super valid like because they all are seeing it to some degree. Maybe, maybe Hunter has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe even May, but like, I feel, and Bobby, but like, I feel like Colson, I think Simmons, I think Fitz, they all see what's happening. Yeah. Pro- probably Mac on some level because of how close he was with the possession mm-hmm. and whatnot. Like, and they all have reasons why they're, I think, biased or unable to accept it or whatever. Mm-hmm. They're all somewhat valid, but. No, this is that's a really good expansion of that, and and, and like real life uh, an analogy to what's going on. Yeah, and I mean, we'll get back to that in a second with Fitz's later reaction at the end of this episode. So, yes. um, so May comes in to talk to Sky, and she's like, "Are you doing okay?" And she talks about how Colson says that Trip was the embodiment of Coulson, what Colson saw for Shield. He was compassion, loyalty, and heart. Um, and it's just this beautiful scene where Colson is, there's this, May's voiceover is going over these scenes where Colson is um, going to speak with Tripp's mom and give his stuff back to her and they're hugging and it's just so heartbreaking. And this character is, will be missed like greatly, not only by the characters on the show, but like by the viewers, I feel. And Sky starts to mention how, um, how cutthroat Colson seems. And May says, you know what? Coulson sees that S.H.I.E.L.D. is everything that Hydra is not, um, you know, and, and Trip embodied that. But she's also never seen Coulson like this either. And so it's a little it's a little scary for them. Um, back at Hydra, um, a Hydra protocol is issued and everyone that's not in the room. So it's like Bakshi and like two other dudes. Um, so everyone else that was at that meeting gets killed. And uh then Bakshi gives the orders to kill Hunter, not realizing that Bobby's in the car. And um, so these guys pull up and and they have guns on Bobby and Hunter, and they very easily take them out with this badass SUV that has like machine guns in it, which yay, shield SUV. <laughs> like, where did you get that? <laughs> I thought we had no resources. Um and they bust into the room with Bakshi and they kill the two other Hydra heads that are in the room and Bakshi, they let Bakshi live and they're like, look, we used you um, to cause Hydra to kill itself from the inside out. And luckily for you, we promised you to Talbot so you get to live. And so they took out as much of Hydra as they could <laughs> in that one moment, um, which is kind of a cool plan. Good job, Colson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back at the playground, um, 
uh, Sky is trying to clean up the glass from the light that she broke when she started freaking out when Fitz was in there last. And people, you know, I think Simmons comes in and um, uh, May comes in. And they're like, oh, we're still waiting for your results. And oh, are you OK? You cut yourself. How did that happen? And um, Sky is kind of like, like, she's like, oh, my God, I don't know what to say. And Fitz walks in. He's like and he covers for her. And he switched the blood samples. He shows her results to Gemma is like, look, totally normal. Nothing, nothing to see here. Um, and then he's like, here, I'll help her, you know, I'll help her um, bandage up her hand. You know, it was my fault. I, I knocked over the light when I was taking blood and um, you guys go, go do something else. I'll, I'll help her out. And so he goes into the quarantine box with her and they, oh my God, Sky's just like, why did you do that? What did you just do? And he's like, look, we will figure this out together. He's like, I, you know, like the way Gemma's acting, like, I just don't, I don't know if they're ready for this yet, but we'll, we'll figure this out together. And in the meantime, we'll just keep it between us. And they start hugging and Sky's crying. And she's like, oh my God, thank you. And she's like, I don't know what's wrong with me. And Fitz says, look, you're just different now. And there's nothing wrong with that, which is, oh my God. Yeah, he's like, you're still you. You're just different. Like it, yeah. it's so like he's so understanding and accepting. And it makes sense because of what he's been through for sure. But just hearing him say it, like it's so oh. important. It's so important. It's so powerful. And just going back to like acknowledging difference and like what I was saying from that book before, like he him doing that, acknowledging and not ignoring that like what's happening to her is like scary and like life-changing it and telling her it's okay like oh my god and I had forgotten about this moment between them and it was I was just like oh my god this is amazing like just to see the two of them have this connection well it's very it's very powerful for sure and we'll talk more about that in the discussion section for sure for sure um so the next scene is Raina walking into traffic and the shield SUVs show up and they're going to take her in. And then a dude pops in and teleports in and then takes her away, who we know is Gordon. Yeah, our eyeless <laughs> uh, teleporter from the beginning. Yeah. The same kid that was having issues that um, Jaying was helping. The very end scene um, is the car that Matt gave Coulson, the toy car, is like sitting on his desk and it starts to scan Coulson's office. Which I was like, wait, what the fuck? I don't remember this. And it sees that Fury's box, his little toolbox, is in Coulson's desk. And I was just like, oh my god, I was so upset when I saw this. And so, meanwhile, the te- the rest of the team is like in the, the the living area, and they're talking about how great Trip was, and they're going back, you know, like, you know, make, doing an imitation of him, and how you know, just having this really sweet moment of remembering him. And Bobby and Mac are talking one off about how Fury's toolbox is in Coulson's office and Bobby's going to make contact soon. So what is happening? <laughs> like, <laughs> um, let's talk about, and that's the episode, of course, ends on a, this horribly disturbing note. Um, let's talk about Cal and Raina real quick and then we can get into the comic stuff and then we're going into the spoiler section about Fitz and Sky and Bobby and Mac because there's a lot. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, so I think I mentioned this before, but I was, you know, you start to have a little bit of sympathy for Cal, especially in like the the last two episodes, the mid-season finale. Um, because he's just like he just wants a relationship with Sky, 
but he's willing to like kill and do all these horrible things and like step over people to get there and he just doesn't know how to be a good person for probably for many reasons but he's like the what he does to Reyna is just so awful and I felt bad for Reyna but also I don't because she got what she wanted but also like she doesn't deserve this treatment from, from right. anyone. I don't know. It's I have very complicated emotions about these two characters, which I'm supposed to, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, no, she's so awful that like and manipulative and everything that you want to feel like she gets she gets what she deserved and she literally got what she wanted, but at the same time, she's still a character that isn't like outright evil, you know? Yeah. So I feel like it's hard to not have a little bit of sympathy for her. Yeah. Well, and I feel kind of the same way about Cal. Like he has he's not outright evil, but he's very misguided and But he leans towards like <laughs> yeah, his like his violent outburst and his obsession is on revenge more than anything. Like it's yeah. not about taking care of his daughter. That's there, he wants to, but more important is revenge. Well, I think he's been driven by revenge for so long that he probably doesn't know how to transition into this like nurturing father figure. Like when you're that's your mindset for decades. And now sure. that's taken away. Like he, his fixation of revenge has just has gone from Whitehall to Coulson now. I just feel like people have, uh, sadly, people have what happened to Cal because it didn't really happen to him as someone else it was fridging. Yeah, uh, yeah, but but but, <laughs> but but what happens? What he experienced happens all the time in real life to people, and they don't all become Punisher style, yeah, revenge obsessed lunatics. Yeah, in fact, most of them don't. They just have severe emotional problems that they have to go through something you know whether hopefully they are able to be able to afford and and participate in therapy and if they aren't you know they'll find some way to get through it all but that being said but like i don't know it's like batman you know there are orphans none of them go around uh fighting mass criminals dressed up as a bat you know (laughs) like it's not a reasonable way to react i feel like however if we put ourselves in Reyna's position, if it was literally that or even something more real world based that's that's similar, I feel like it's a lot more easy to feel badly. Yeah. And I feel like her her acts of of bad were like in order to pursue this. And I, I mean, she does. Does she kill people? I can't remember. I don't think she does. Yeah, I feel like she's pretty harsh with people and, and like flippant with maybe their lives and futures in order to get what she wants. But at the same time, she also doesn't really lie to people. She just kind of manipulates them. She never like – she tries to kind of help what Coulson help, – help Coulson achieve what he wants when it's in service of what she wants. Like yeah. it feels like she just convinced herself that what she's doing is so right and righteous mm-hmm. that she's a zealot, mm-hmm. whereas Cal is – is revenge obsessed and both of them are real and people can't really feel that way. But I feel like hers is just something I have more, more pity for, but at the same time, like a real life zealots who do harm to people. Yeah. I don't have the, I have no real pity for those people either. So I don't know. It's a good <laughs> point that they're not, neither of them are saints or worthy of a lot of our, of our sympathy, but I feel like she is more so, you know, yeah. I don't know. I do. Too. Although it is like the shallow aspect of it. And there's also there's all there's all sorts of levels to this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> also, like Cal's like a straight white dude who's a doctor. You know, like he's pretty privileged. I mean, yeah, his, his big stuff. problems are his daughter lived as an orphan. You know, his biracial daughter lived as an orphan, and his 
uh, partner who's a woman of color is dead. It's like like these are things that happen to other people. Dude, yeah, not you. yeah. And then Raina is like a woman of color who was basically like you know grew up on the streets and you know had no family and is I, there's like a whole other element there of her experience as 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 that person existing in society. <laughs> it's definitely easier to have sympathy for her. Like you yeah. said, it's not that he's not not without those eliciting that kind of feeling a little bit. It's just not quite the same. Yeah, for sure. But uh more no, to come I do feel for a them. bad for him. Yeah. But I don't, not not much. I more feel bad that he doesn't know how to handle himself than anything that he's going through. Like cuz I it's like I I feel bad for Sky in like in which, you know, looks it's like all she's ever wanted is family. And I mean, she has that now with like the Shield team, but like of course, like you would want to connect with your father. And if your mother was alive, you would want to connect with her if that's all you've been searching for your whole life. Like her entire existence, it, her whole point of getting into S.H.I.E.L.D. was so that she could find out about her family and about her past. And now when she finally meets her dad, it's like, oh, he's a freaking psycho and he doesn't really care about me. He cares about revenge. And it's like, I want for her sake for him to be able to get over that <laughs> in some way. If that makes sense. <sighs> but alas, this is Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they love to mess with our emotions. So here we are. Um, shall we talk about comic stuff? Yeah, it gets a little weird. First, I'll talk with the, <laughs> with the regular real connection, which is just a one-off appearance. But even it is chock full of comic weirdness. Like, I, I swear, it's going to sound <laughs> like I'm making it up on the spot. It's so bizarre. So Gordon... <laughs> Gordon is a regular kid in 1983, like a teenager, who uh, goes through his terogenesis, which is a word we now know in society of humans. And he mm-hmm. uh, comes out the other side having lost his eyes entirely and having just skin over that portion of his face. Like, there's one moment where uh, Jiaying is telling him to, to just let it out and cry. And he's like, I'm trying to. But I can't. Oh God! That was oh no! So it's, sad. It sucks. <laughs> so he's, he's grounded in reality and humanity, even though he's inhuman, and, he, and he's a character we feel for. I think. And in slight spoilers, I think we get to know him a little bit, and we like him. Like, but he's okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, his one-off appearance in let me see, Uncanny in Humans number zero, I believe, which is <laughs> number zero. Yeah, they do zero issues. Uh, <laughs> usually, they're the first ones. Sometimes they're not. I don't really know how to justify it, but it's what it is. Uh, it's cover dated <laughs> for June uh, in 2015, and he would be credited as created by Ryan Stegman and Ryan Lee because they're the creators for the story. In this story, we learn of this teleporting blind human, Gordon, and another inhuman named Snarkle, who is horned and red and has weird shaped limbs. It looks like he's like made of muscle and... Uh, it's this very monstrous looking inhuman. 2000 years ago, Gordon and Snarkle were inhumans and they lived in the inhuman city. And the great King Calden, <laughs> the king of the inhumans, exiled them for unspecified crimes. They were sent into what? a portal. This sounds essentially like the Superman mythos is Phantom Zone because they're just stuck inside of another dimensional portal for 2000 years until they're opened by Flint and ISO to new Inhumans in the modern day Marvel Universe 2015. They're, they're set free into the modern day for, for their one appearance in the modern day in Uncanny Inhumans number zero, where Gordon is imprisoned again immediately. Okay. 
He's designed to look like Jamie Harris, the actor who plays his MCU counterpart. Uh, he can teleport. Oh, wow. If he's holding on to you, he can teleport with you. Uh, yeah. I couldn't really, like I said, I don't think I could have made up a weirder version <laughs> of that story, but that's Gordon. Um, there we go. I'm glad he is a little bit more fleshed out in uh, Agents of Shield <laughs> because <laughs> me too, and just like not two thousand years old. It's kind why of is that? I'm cool with that. Why? Just why? The other one leads into a little bit of a spiral of weirdness that I gave you a little preview of. But so, okay, so we know uh, of Baron Strucker, mm-hmm. right? Uh, from the from uh, what do you call it called Captain America: Civil War. He's charges of hydra and is involved in the oh, uh, in... the manipulation of the uh maximum yeah yeah twins and whatnot in age of ultron yeah. right it's the fallout is yeah. in civil war uh so the, the there's another nazi baron <laughs> who is ahead of hydra in the comics right this is the basis of the villain in civil war the character of a helmet zemo he was not what sokovian or whatever he's actually you know a german and he is the son of heinrich zemo they're both barons baron baron zemo and then Baron Zemo again, like I guess, what, like the fourth and fifth, maybe I can't remember. But Hydra Nazi Barons. So actually, <laughs> he's super tied to the origin of uh of Winter, Winter Soldier because the whole thing, the drone plane that Bucky uh was disarming with when he got blown up and Cap is thrown into the ocean and frozen and uh, Bucky loses his arm and whatnot. This was all a plot from the original uh, Baron Zemo, and this dude. Uh, he also was using an experimental super adhesive called Adhesive X, and his plot is foiled. This is before the drone plane incident, but uh, his, his plot is foiled by Captain America and Bucky, and he gets his purple mask that is like uh, like this like rich royal purple with like dark purple stripes, or like maybe it's supposed to be like corduroy pattern, and it's just drawn like that in the comic book. <laughs> but he's got this this striped purple mask. It's like kind of loose uh, with a crown on top, of course, and little eye holes. And uh, he wears this and it gets stuck to his face. And then, of course, in the 60s, uh, his son, Helmut Zemo, has taken over. He now works for Hydra and whatnot in the future. He's not a Nazi because Nazis are less cool than they are now again, unfortunately. (laughs) Uh, And uh, again, it happens. (laughs) Again, the same thing. Adhesive X, purple mask on the face, preposterous. You rip it off and he looks like the dude in Hannibal and he has his face ripped off. It's pretty cool. It's a very monstrous looking villain. He eventually becomes a hero called Citizen V, as in V for victory, assuming the identity of a World War II hero, pretending to be his descendant, uh, and was a part of a hero, group of heroes called the Thunderbolts, I believe I mentioned in the past, that were villains posing as heroes. So the reason why I bring this up. <laughs> I wish you could see the face that I'm making right now. <laughs> it's also weird, right? Uh, is the Baroness, one of the heads of Hydra in this, is a shout out to Baroness Zemo or Heike Zemo, Helmut's uh, wife and a white supremacist blonde uh, member of Hydra who wears a matching purple outfit with like, uh, the, what is it? I don't know what the pet, what the name of the color is, but like, the, you know, the really like wispy furry trim that like royalty has that have the white uh oh like the fur the fur yeah yeah the faux fur fur trim yeah uh like they both have this is like this part of their costumes like it's mostly (laughs) tights but they've got like this big fur collar trim thing this big purple mask and she wears one of course sometimes i think i think she has like a a headdress like looks like the mask but it's got an open open part because she is not disfigured and monstrous she's a hot blonde lady uh so (laughs) there you go it's a little bit of comic book weirdness. Uh, Heike wow. Zemo 
didn't have tons of appearances because I mean, weird, right? Uh, eventually, she ends <laughs> up uh, bald. Uh, she what? yeah, with a shaved head. She's created by Mark Grunewald and Dave Hoover. She first appeared in Spider Spider Man: Fear Itself number one in uh, February of nineteen ninety two, and she died in Thunderbolts Annual number. Uh, I guess it doesn't have a number. Just this is Thunderbolts Annual uh, <laughs> number, uh, issue nineteen ninety seven in. Uh, August of 1997. So, yeah. Wow. Um, that was a particularly weird comics are weird segment. Oh, I yeah. And the best <laughs> the best part is the the slight the even more far f- further aside when briefly Marvel rebooted all their non X Men non uh, what else was left aside maybe the Hulk the Hulk and the X Men were set aside and Spider-Man. Everything else went to its own dimension. Uh, and they were isolated from everything and they were revamped by all these creators who'd left Marvel and DC to go to Image. Rob Liefeld is kind of notorious in the comics world. He created Deadpool, uh, quote unquote created, uh, and Domino <laughs> and a lot of other characters. He's mostly just kind of a weird dude who got really big when he was a kid. And uh, he's not my favorite comics creator. He's not super, uh, I think like, diverse in what he creates and he just kind of keeps redoing the same thing over and, and over and over again but when he was in charge of captain america during this heroes reborn relaunch his version of helmet zemo looks basically like grimace from uh from mcdonald's so it was like this like big purple like egg shaped head thing on this giant buff dude who like the like the baggy version of this purple striped mask just looked like like grimace's head with a with a crown on it so that's my oh that my in, to, to close out our comics a weird section just think of that visual there captain america fighting a giant man with a grimace's head with a crown <laughs> on it who is like a nazi oh my god so you're welcome for that <laughs> What do you think Bobby and Mac are up to? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler section time. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, I think we, so obviously spoiler section time for real. Because um, <laughs> I don't know how to segue from that. Um, I think we finally like figured out what is going to happen. Um Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next few episodes. It's really exciting. But like <laughs> yeah. I, after watching the next one uh, is when it clicked for me because I was just like you said when you were going through like the episode review before we went to this discussion section, uh, spoilers and, and comic stuff. Uh, when you were like, what is happening when they scan the room? Yeah. And I was rewatching it. I'm like, what? I do not remember Max secretly working for not Hydra. Like what is happening? Yeah. And then, but then the next one ends and Hunter figures out or always knew. I think maybe he just figured out that the that, that, that she was full of it about the 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 support group. He's like, wait, that's not really mm-hmm. what's going on. He he figured out something else yeah. is going on, and he kind of calls her out on it, or, or he doesn't he doesn't call her out on it. When he figures it out, he's he's alone with Mac, and Mac just cold cocks yeah. him, and knocks him out, and that's how <laughs> yeah. it ends. And I was like, wait, yeah. what? And I was like, wait, <laughs> what happens next? And I didn't start the next episode. I just thought about it. And I'm like, okay, wait, wait, he gets kidnapped. He kidnaps him 
and and then and then, yeah. and then Bobby comes to visit, and they like have a talk before, like 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 they think about what to do with him, and I, I and it all started to, to sink in. I remembered, and it and it again like another thing we both connect on, in addition to Shield and Star Wars, is Battlestar Galactica, because all of a sudden yes. the Battlestar Galactica <laughs> theme starts playing in my head, and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is this is where James almost joins, <laughs> like this is where we meet him, <laughs> like it's gonna come up so soon. That's the second half of the season is is Luke, and I remember now like seeing promotion stuff after the fact because i i watched all this in the middle of the next season of season three mm-hmm. it, i was re-watching on netflix and then reading a little bit about it after the fact and they promoted it as like Edward james almost the head of the real shield and that's like what max says to like the first time he mentions it to like hunter or whatever like the first time he mentions it on screen he's like i'm with the real shield i'm like wait what what? <laughs> what? Huh? Like what? And then it all started to like sink in again. I, I remember. Uh, the, yeah, no. And you were talking about too, remembering like, it's like a, one of the helicarriers is going down and Fury gave him the orders, yeah. just let it go down and have Hunter, or have a, a Bobby abandon it. And, yeah. and Edward James almost is like one of the military guys, like the admirals or whatever, who's on the ship. And he's like, fuck no. Like we're, yeah. we're going to kill all the Hydra guys. We're going to save everyone who's not Hydra and we're not going to, no one is going to die on my watch. It doesn't have to, which when you think, I mean, it is very Coulson and, and Mac, like it's very much their ethos. And mm-hmm. and Mac was on this ship as a mechanic at the time. And Bobby was there as an agent yeah. and they are a hundred percent on board with this dude right now. And yeah. I, and they're just checking Coulson out to see like what's, what's happening. And this is what <laughs> leads to Jeffrey Mason and whatnot. Like, 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 like yes. this all folds into itself and like, ugh, it's exciting. Like to, it's, it's exciting now that we've cracked the case, which we do. Uh, if you've, you know, if you've been following along, you're, you're a regular listener, you've heard us, I think once. And then after like five or six episodes with all the extras and, and bonus episodes we've ended up doing in between, we also then again rediscover that we figured out that it's half seasons, <laughs> right? We're like, yeah. like, we keep rediscovering that. There's a few things that we do repeatedly, bear with us, uh, with the way we record. But uh, yeah, uh, we now that we remember that it's always been half seasons, that didn't start with Ghost Rider, that's just when they started to promote them as half seasons. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, like all of a sudden – we're now actually able to remember how things are happening. I think now that we're not expecting yeah. every half season to last a season and having no idea how it could all possibly work. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, wait, what? No, <laughs> no. what? Like before it was all very mysterious, but now we're getting it. So now we got it. Yeah. But still, even as I was watching this episode, like you said, like I was like, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. Why is this? Ca- why is his car scanning Coulson's office? What is happening? Well, because like, like we know trying- he never betrays anybody because he doesn't really. Yeah. It's just that right now no. his loyalties are divided, you know, and because yeah. he thinks Coulson isn't a bad guy, but is out of control. Yeah, and I think he's made that very obvious in this episode with him arguing, trying to go against orders and just like questioning, like, why are they in this situation? Like, why did they they lost trip because of like Coulson's obsession with this alien shit? And I think he has every right to question that. No, it's, uh, but there it's the same thing we've been talking about from the beginning. Like, I think you brought it up in relation to to how Skye's, you know, and how Daisy was introduced to the show, like that whole desire for transparency. Yeah. This is the last vestiges of that argument. Yeah. This this yeah. this part. And they don't really ever I don't know. They don't really ever justify it past this stuff. You know? Like with the May stuff, we just we're just on Colson's team by then. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like he's always right. Give him a break. How many times does he have to save the world? He's the adventure's buddy. Come on. 
I feel like with Sky slash Daisy, like there's a different dynamic there because she's so caught up in this. It's like personal for her. It's like she can't like she doesn't want transparency because she's going to be treated differently. First of all, oh no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her her moving on, I I I definitely get. I'm just thinking like the show itself because it, oh, it oh, because okay. it kind of keeps holding on to it with with this whole bit. Like that's sort of what the point of I think Edward James Olmos's character. I can't remember what his name is. Uh, I can't either. But, we'll find out soon but, enough. <laughs> but his character, I think, his admiral or whatever, is like about we need to know what the hell you're actually doing. <laughs> like you can't just go running yeah. around chasing phantom ghosts of alien carvings and whatnot. Which yeah. is like you said, somewhat fair. Like like them having to answer to no one isn't exactly cool. But yeah. when the alternative is either colluding with Nazis, which is a little too close to real, or uh, you know, die di- dissecting her because even her real close friends are starting to see her as an animal or as something non-human it's like they like you say there are real good reasons why characters want some anonymity want some secrecy but that's not quite the same (laughs) level as like we could do whatever we want unchecked shut up yeah pazdar it's a hard time (laughs) yeah it's there's there are good points to all sides of this argument i don't like that i don't like the both sides thing because i think that's bullshit but in this situation it's like okay if you're a spy organization like you're trying to protect people like some of your own need to be protected like it's a very complicated situation i feel like this is actually one of the real things in real life that i could actually accept people having a both sides argument on like the idea of espionage because in order to function some things are going to have to be kept secret from the public and you, you know and and we don't want our nuclear codes <laughs> like, I, don't want, I don't want every moron in the world to know that like you know what i mean like, like, like there's some stuff that's okay to be on to be a black site or off the buff books or whatever but at the same time it's like that's a very slippery slope and without there being yeah. transparency without there being somebody there to keep it in check then people's powers go to their head but, but, but like that's that's a scary real life thing but I understand mm-hmm. why it's not cut and dry, why there isn't a simple issue. It's not racism. It's not sexism. It's not, you know, bigotry. It's it's like, at what point does protecting people require sacrificing, uh, you know, privacy or or freedom for security? And I think like those are real real questions. I, and I definitely lean towards the idea of privacy and freedom. But yeah, same. but I also don't <laughs> want to die. <laughs> and I like the idea that people are protecting me from nuclear war. Like, but at the same yeah. time. The guys who are currently in charge, I don't really trust them to protect themselves, much less us. <laughs> I, I I guarantee they will protect themselves. Well, I just don't, think, I just don't trust if, them if it to, came down to it. do that effectively, <laughs> is what I mean. Well, well, okay. well, I, I, no, absolutely. That's the, well, Yeah, that's where they're going. But I just feel like I don't trust him to know how to do that. You know? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> like he's the one who's like trying to like start fights with people, like a current POTUS. <sighs> God, this one. Unless there's a lot of stuff happens, this one will be released. Unfortunately, while Trump is still in office. Yeah, <laughs> which doesn't look like that's changing anytime soon. Yeah, hopefully, one-term president. Anyway, <laughs> we may have lost um, him some listeners, but <laughs> I gotta say, what like kudos to you for hanging on as many episodes as you did. <laughs> I know, appreciate you yeah, giving us giving us the try. Back. What is this episode 35? Yes, this will be 35. So yeah, you've, you've stuck around this long. Maybe 36. Depends on what other bonus content we put out before this comes out. <laughs> yeah, how many more surprise things, <laughs> panels we didn't know we would be able to go to, uh, trailers. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. at this point, 
I don't think we're going to be dissecting any more trailers after seeing the episode and not being able to really talk about it at length. <laughs> like it, it'd be too hard. <laughs> yeah, it'd definitely be too hard. But we should, maybe we should. T- I feel like I want to talk about that poster that came out that looks like the Last Supper. Yeah. Um, but you say maybe that for we the can next do or something. Or? Yeah, we can. We, maybe we can say that for the next for the next. You add that as an extra bonus. And push this one. <laughs> Oh my God. Closer talk. We could just do that oh as a literal God. bonus, but I don't know how to do that without messing up the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's talk about Sky and Fitz before we close yes. out because I had forgotten about the beginning of this, like really close to the relationship that the two of them have and how devastating that is in season five when Fitz betrays her. What well, makes the framework and then the betrayal like cut so much deeper i think we both like not completely we we remembered like the emotional result of everything yeah but we but we had forgotten all the details so yeah and i think this just like further like solidifies that pain (laughs) of 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 fitz's actions in coming seasons it's such and such a betrayal uh, that he was the one he was the one person who reached out and like made her feel human and accepted and still herself and that then and tried to protect her and then then, it has treated her completely the opposite like she was just a tool and a thing and not even a person anymore and it's so, so so gross awful and, and like you had said yesterday when we, were, when we were talking right after the panel, like what of this is born from, uh, you know, his time uh, in in space, you know, to become who he was to save them at the end of the previous yeah. season, you know, or or, or the being the first half of the previous season, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, what what part of him came from the, from the framework, you know, like, yeah. What, like, or was it all always there? Yeah. Oh, it's so like, much. Was it, yeah. Was this, was this a seed of, of, of coldness and pragmatism and an unkindness and feeling that was planted by his father, you know, from the way he treated yeah. him before we ever met him. Like, cause we, we revealed a little bit of that through the framework stuff. Like it's man, it's a doozy. It is, and we will explore it further <laughs> as the seasons go on, because this is a relationship I definitely want to watch now that I didn't real. I, I think I knew, like like you said, like we knew that they, they had had a friendship, but I don't realize that this is where I came out of. This is like, where the closeness was really born. Yeah, and it's like, oh my God, like really? Like that's what you're going to twist? Fitz, what are you doing? Oh, it's so <laughs> sad. It's so messed up. And then, yeah, no, it's really, it's a bummer. And and I feel like we're going to watch it closely when we do the, our rewatch, but also when we get to the new season, it'll be something that we're <gasps> going to be watching really closely, pay attention to. And especially like just thinking like, the, knowing what it's about, not with no spoilers, like we know that the season is about in part them trying to go find Fitz mm-hmm. and knowing what he's done to them. Like, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, it's an emotional roller coaster everyone's on. It is. Good lord, these writers just they just want us to hurt <laughs> over and over again and we just let them torture us season after season. We keep coming back for more and then we make a podcast about it so we can yeah. talk about it more. <laughs> We're gonna get two more seasons at least. So Oh my god. I say All at right. least like we don't know it's over if we do. Yeah, I know. Um, (laughs) (laughs) all right. With that being said, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, People can find me at I snow nothing. 
And you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find the podcast on Twitter at Project Tahiti, or you can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. Feel free to uh, leave a rating and review. I haven't gone to check those in a while to see if we have any new ones. Um, Maybe I'll do that this week. So when we record next weekend, uh, we can read a few if we have any. Yeah, go do that. Um, We need to have the S.H.I.E.L.D. family grow further (laughs) because it's as as I saw at WonderCon, it is a large family and not everyone has a presence online, I'm sure. But um, there's also a weird, weird subset of of S.H.I.E.L.D. stands that... um, I won't get into, but we discovered this weekend <laughs> that are on Twitter that it's an interesting subset of fans. So power to them for, for loving what they love. <laughs> anyway, thank you for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Sorry about um, that ding. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. I thought it was me. <laughs> my phone is usually uh, turned off. Oh, so. <laughs> I, my dad texted me right when that went off, so that was kind of funny. It's like, <laughs> I was like oh. I thought, well, I, I, I don't know what I'm talking about. It must be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. A woman and a man walk in, and it's Jai Ying. She's introduced as Jai Ying, which we know her as Sky's mother and Cal's wife that we thought was dead. So I guess she's still alive as of 1983. And um, it's it's noted that she just ages very slowly, but she does say like, you know, in time I will I will I too will die or something like that. And they talk about the mists and pterogenesis. But 1983 and- is before Sky's birth. Oh, you're right. Yeah, but she does look the same. But I mean, it's only been six years in the TV. I don't know. Oh, I like totally didn't make that connection. Thank you. I'm so glad. She- <laughs> so yeah, none of the- she hasn't been killed or anything. But okay, whatever. <laughs> Can we edit that out and start this process over again? Okay, because <laughs> rewind. <laughs> no problem. That's okay. easy enough. Okay. Excuse me, belching. Um, you can edit that out, please. <laughs> um- or don't, whatever. Um, the very... <laughs> <laughs>